The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 170 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. After retiring from medical practice, I became an activist for family caregiving. Our topic today is priorities for Autism Speaks Canada and autism. Now, Autism Speaks Canada is the name of an organization. So let's just say what autism and autism spectrum disorders are. First of all, autism spectrum disorders is the name of a type of brain problem. And autism is the most common type of autism spectrum disorder. And with autism spectrum disorders generally, children and adults communicate, interact, behave and learn in ways that create challenges for them and their families and in ways that make them vulnerable to various types of harm and even abuse. Autism spectrum disorders occur in all ethnic and economic communities. They occur in about one in 88 children, and they occur five times more often in boys than girls. Autism spectrum disorders have no medical cure, but early interventions greatly improve a child's development which is why our topic today, Priorities for Autism Speaks Canada and Autism, is so important. To discuss it, our guests are Frank Vitti and Jill Farber. Frank is President and CEO of Autism Speaks Canada, a position to which he was named in November 2012. His key responsibilities include strategic planning, program innovation, marketing, corporate partnership development, and establishing new fundraising initiatives. He's been a key leader in North America's non-profit and governmental sectors for over two decades, having worked within healthcare, social services, and environmental agencies. His experience includes president and CEO for Merit Ontario, President and CEO for the Asthma Society of Ontario and Vice President Revenue for Ducks Unlimited. He's held management positions with the Canadian Cancer Society and the Lung Association, and he's worked in all three levels of government. Jill is Vice Chair, Board of Directors, Autism Speaks Canada, a position to which she was named in January 2012. She's been a member of the board since September 2006 and has acted as the chair of the Family Services Community Grants Review Committee since the launch of the program in 2010. Prior to her, um, sorry, her involvement 
with Autism Speaks Canada. She was a behavioral consultant and instructor trainer for children with autism spectrum disorders. So welcome to the show, Frank and Jill. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you. Great. Now, I'm going to start with Frank first, please. So, Frank, please tell us more about your, your personal background and about any experience you have with family caregiving. Well, you know, I'm a Torontonian, uh, born in Ontario, um, been working in the uh, government and the health charity sector, not-for-profit sector for over 20 years. I am uh, a family caregiver as well with five children, of which uh, our second oldest is on the spectrum. I've been working with, uh, in particular, the last most recent years in the health charity sector, doing uh, the building um, and driving the core value proposition for the health charity to try to uh, impact positively impact the lives of uh, many, many Canadians, be it uh, in asthma or in lung association or Canadian Cancer Society, and most recently with Autism Speaks Canada. Jill, please tell us same question, more about your personal background and about any experience you have with family caregiving. Uh, my personal background is working with children and families affected by ASD. I was an ABA instructor therapist for young children diagnosed with ASD for over 15 years, working one-on-one with, in their homes and in their schools. Um, I was also a consultant for families. I assisted in formulating behavioral-based programming, transitioning to school, and um, other facilitated programs. Um, during this time, I worked with uh, a multifaceted team, including psychologists and teachers and ECE workers and SLPs and OTs and recreation programs. So I've worked with lots of people who um, support um, as well as clinicians, as well as other clinicians and um, researchers. Um, I'm also a parent of three beautiful young girls. Uh, and uh, as being a parent, I understand the trials and tribulations of bringing up and supporting and encouraging and challenging and advocating for our children. Um, all my kids are very different with their own set of needs and strengths. And um, being each of their biggest cheerleaders and their advocates is a full-time job, um, one that I cherish and love, but it also allows me to understand the challenges a parent who's living with a child with ASD has. So I not only have worked with the community, but also have a, um, also am a parent and need to be a cheerleader and advocate all the time. Right. Frank, let's talk now about the work of Autism Speaks Canada. Please tell us about that work. Well, Autism Speaks and Autism Speaks Canada was really initiated by the Wright family some eight, eight plus years ago. Uh, in the United States, and there are three now independent organizations, one in the Middle East, one in Canada, and the original in the U.S., and it was founded by grandparents, parents, practitioners, people who cared about those individuals on the spectrum and their families, and their core mission is truly to change the future for all those who who struggle with, with ASD. And, you know, we're, lo- we're talking about positive change, influencing that posit- positive change where there's no child left behind, there's no adult that doesn't have a meaningful life uh, in our society. And we have grown over the last eight-plus years 
uh, from zero revenue to uh, between Canada and the U.S. alone, some $63 million in funding, of which the vast majority goes into research, family services, awareness, and political advocacy. So we're proud of the... Uh, um, uh, the growth that we've enjoyed and the investments we're making in finding answers and providing supports to the caregivers, providing supports to the individuals on the spectrum, and making aware and, and advocating to politicians around the issues and challenges that autism brings as a medical condition in our society. We are very, very alarmed as an organization with the increasing incidents, as you mentioned earlier, one in 88 individuals now, or in Canada, one in 20 households will have an individual who is on the spectrum. And, you know, some 10 years ago, it was one in 300. So we need to answer some of those questions. We're funding the research that's generating some answers and providing the supports to individuals and their family caregivers around uh, making a positive impact on their lives. Jill, it's the same question, but I'd like you to tell us, please, about the services provided by Autism Speaks Canada for family caregivers. Sure. Um, Autism Speaks Canada is proud to have a strong family services community uh, committee. That committee is basically why I got involved with Autism Speaks Canada in 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 the initial um, sort of starting of the of the foundation because I believe that. We didn't have enough support for our families and our and our grassroots community um, in Canada. Um, our mandate as a as a committee is to help fund family-based services for people living with ASD, both young and old, um, because we have uh, you know autism doesn't go away; it grows up. Um, it, it's also not only just for the young and the old, but across the country. Um, really with emphasis on those who are underserved in these communities. Um, sometimes the underserved is just a section like the young adult adults who are underserved right now in Canada so much, um, as well as geographically underserved. So there's a lot of different aspects of the underserved community. The largest program that we run um, is our Family Services Community Grant Program. The grant program hopes to build the field of services, so we hope to increase the field of services for individuals with ASD and, and expand the capacity so that more people are touched by um, our family services granting. Um, we want to make sure that what we grant is not only for a very small number of kids, but we'll be able to touch kids across the country. Um, and, and and we can learn and, and be educated by different by the different um, services that we provide granting for. To give a little bit of history on our granting program, in 2010, that was our inaugural year. Um, it was our first year of granting in Canada, and we funded 26 organizations, giving a total of $550,000 that year, which was amazing. Which was basically 50% of our um, outreach funding. And in 2011, we awarded another 27 organizations across Canada, totaling another $569,000. And I'd like to say that this year, which is great, we've just completed our granting for 2012, and we have another 26 organizations, again, being funded across Canada. So this program has really taken, um, taken off. Um, we get tons of great feedback on it, and we really see us um, 
Autism Speaks Canada, making a difference in both kids' lives, families' lives, and um, young adults and adults lives across the, uh, across the country and services being provided to them um, in all different aspects, education, technology, recreation, education um, of our clinicians and so on and so forth. So we're really, really excited and really proud of this uh, Family Services Grant. Um, again, it's funding services across the country, working with, for, and alongside children, youth, adults, and families living with ASD. We hope to build the capacity and ultimately build the field of service to reach all of those living with AIDS in Canada. Right. And now, that's a very, that, good, very good moment, Jill, to interrupt you, because unfortunately, we have a tyranny of time. We do have to take a, okay. a break, because yep. as I like to say, we have to pay the rent. Um, but <laughs> that was, in any case, as I said, a very, very good point on which to break, because we're going to be coming back. So... This is Dr. Gordon Natalie, and my guests are Frank Vitti and Jill Farber. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We will be back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The incidence of autism has increased at an alarming rate. Approximately 1 in 150 children are affected by autism, giving autism the undesired ranking as the most prevalent childhood developmental disorder in the U.S. 67 children will be diagnosed today. That is nearly one child every 20 minutes. Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica, hosted by Terry Aranga, illuminates how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Autism is treatable and given appropriate therapies, children are recovering. With well-known researchers and doctors, members of Congress, and expert service providers from a wide range of disciplines, Terry offers interviews and insights highlighting the progress in areas related to autism spectrum disorders such as biomedical research and treatment, communication, education, and behavioral modalities, sociological and philosophical issues, and legislative advocacy and insurance concerns. Autism One, a conversation of hope, broadcast each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Autism One, a conversation of hope. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Want to laugh yourself silly over the crazy happenings of the celeb world and beyond? Tune in to Behind the Mask on Voice America Kids. Your hosts will uncover the celebrities you know and love, along with some that you might not know in this country, but they are admired across the world. But it's not just the famous that need to look out. We'll look inside the music biz, stage, and of course, the big screen. Listen to Behind the Mask every Thursday at 8 p.m. on Broadway and 5 p.m. Hollywood side on the Voice America Kids channel. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. 
Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Frank Vitti and Jill Farber. Our topic is Priorities for Autism Speaks Canada and Autism. Now, let's talk about the challenges created by autism. Frank, first, what are the challenges that autism creates? Which of these are the most troublesome? And for whom or to whom are they most troublesome? Frank? Well, by by way of background, um, you know, autism creates enormous challenges both for the individual, for their for their caregivers, for the medical system, and for society at large in terms of you know vocational and residential options, etc. Uh, you know, it's a medical condition that affects one's ability to communicate effectively, and as well as their social skills, their abilities to interact with with individuals and groups. And depending on where an individual falls on the spectrum, uh, the challenges will be variable. But it doesn't affect, let's keep in mind, it doesn't affect autism, uh, one's cognitive abilities or one's uh, lifespan or one's uh, uh, mortality. It's not related in any way. So it poses enormous challenges for the individual because we all want our children, we all want people as part of our community to have productive, meaningful lives. Um, so... Uh, it creates an enormously heavy burden on the healthcare services that are being provided, as well as the the you know societal economic costs um, in supporting those individuals and uh, in, in becoming productive uh, members of our society. So it's enormous personal challenges, enormous fa- family challenges, enormous societal challenges, and it's increasing. And that's why our organization is ramping up our ability to address these challenges. Uh, that we in Canada continue to experience. Can I just ask you a quick supplementary, Frank? You yeah. mentioned uh, in the previous segment that you're doing research as an organization. Um, I assume, am I correct in assuming, that the research includes looking at the challenges and the way in which those challenges become challenges and the way in which they should be dealt with. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. We're the largest single funder of, of research, global research, I have to add, in the causes of ASD and the prevention and the effective treatments uh, for individuals. Uh, we're the biggest funders of family services, as my colleague Jill has mentioned. Um, you know, we have a whole series of tools that we drive out to families and individuals. We work very, very hard at raising awareness and lighting up the blue campaign has been an enormous success around the awareness development around autism. And we're very, very effective at the political advocacy, both in the U.S. and Canada, and we're getting much more effective on the Canada side with provincial advocacy strategies as well as national. Our right. U.S. colleagues generated some $700 million in additional funding from the U.S. government alone last year around awareness, advocacy, and research. So research is a core uh, function of our organization. We, we drive it. Uh, we're looking for causes, prevention, and effective treatments. We're funding some of the most incredible research here in Toronto with the work of Dr. Stephen Shear and his work in genetics and gen- genomics and um, the 18 or 19 genes that he's identified to date right. uh, around mutations uh, on ESD. So Frank, I'm just yes. going to interrupt you there, not because I don't want to, we don't want to hear what you have to say, but just for the sake of time, because I want to bring Jill in now, but we will come back to some of these things you're talking about. Now, Jill, please tell us what the challenges are that are created by autism for family caregivers. And say 
in your view, which are the most troublesome of those challenges for the family caregivers? Yeah, I think there are so many challenges for caregivers. Um, to to start at the very beginning, you're a parent and you begin to have concerns or someone who spends time with your child has concerns, and the challenge of becoming a navigator begins. I think the navigation is the one of the most profound underlying challenges for family caregivers. We unfortunately don't have a nice little pamphlet of the who, what, and where for all of those with autism because all people with autism are different. And no one path suits all people. So a caregiver becomes a case manager, a navigator, and forever mapping and plotting and, and rerouting to ensuring best practices um, in place for their son or daughter. You know, in the early stages of life, you have the challenges of figuring out the red flags and the warning signs, um, getting early diagnosed targets, um, getting the best and fastest and easiest way to get diagnosed in Canada, which is sometimes, for example, in Ontario, to get diagnosed, it could be a three-year waiting list. Um, you know, how and where do you get uh, health care assistance? Um, how um, do you find out about the clinical te- uh, treatments and the research and, and, and who's giving you that knowledge trans- translation? Um, how do you navigate through the school system and the special education system? You know, there's everyday challenges where you navigate going to the doctor or going to the mall or going on holidays. Um, you know, the navigation of talking to your parents or grandparents or friends or family, the social world, um, not to, you know, not to dismiss the navigation of your own mental health for the caregivers. Um, in the later stages of life, I think the challenges come up as a navigator as well, where you're navigating for your son or daughter through sexuality and independent living and the social world again. Um, again, the school system navigation for secondary school and post-secondary school. Um, vocational and employment training for your son or daughter. Um, again, navigating through the government funding program. And I'm talking about people, you know, who can speak English or, or, or have lived in Canada their whole life, where others are newly immigrants and have to navigate this government funding system. So, right. um, Joe, once again, I'm being yep. my rude host self. <laughs> I have to stop you. So much to say, right? Time. So many challenges. But That's I right. Navigation is. Fra- is Frank. the most important. Yeah, great. Frank, over to you. Um, please say to us, in your view, how effective are the mental health services in helping meet the challenges you've mentioned and you've identified? How effective are the mental health services? Well, I have to be honest, Gordon, and I don't want to be over dramatic, but our system is, by and large, failing those individuals on the spectrum, their families. Uh, there's virtually no services, uh, residential, vocational services, psychosocial supports for adults on the spectrum. And I've toured this country. Jill and I have done a tour speaking to many families from Vancouver right over to the Maritimes. And by and large, it's a, a very poor grade for every provincial system. As you know, our country, our great country has a, a provincially driven health care system, and it's very uh, different in every province. You know, you could argue uh, from a report card uh, perspective that Alberta is probably the most advanced with a C perhaps, but in Quebec and Ontario, we would argue that they're failing miserably. You know, when you have three out of ten children on the spectrum in Quebec and Ontario not receiving any therapeutic, any supports or therapies uh, prior to the age of six, and that's the critical window from one to six, 
uh, it's it's a it's a failure. Alberta has the you know Glen Rose Center and some other support services and a treatment network that's doing a much better waiting times of some nine months for early diagnosis. But overall, I would say from an early diagnosis therapy service and youth and adult services, uh, we're not doing well at all. And we'll continue as an organization to bring these issues up with our provincial ministers, be it health or community and social services, and, and impress upon them the need for urgent action. Um, it's just something that we need to continue to do. Got it. Jill, same question, but in relation to um, mental health services and their effectiveness in helping meet the challenges that you mentioned for family caregivers. Jill? Yeah, I think that um, I think that I have to agree with uh, with Frank on this. Uh, we are failing. We're getting a bit of a failing grade here. Uh, a parent in Canada suspects their child is sick with a medical issue, issue, and typically they can walk into a hospital and get diagnosis and be put on a path of intervention and best practices. If a parent suspects autism. What they basically get is a ticket to a roller coaster. Um, they don't get to walk into a hospital. They don't get diagnosed. They wait for diagnoses. Um, they're put on waiting lists for intervention. Um, they're challenged by the navigation again. Uh, they're made to resource government-funded assistance. Um, and... and, and we can't. Uh, we're not helping our families by not giving them the information that they need. Um, we need to put greater emphasis on public awareness. We need to get this. You mentioned in the beginning about early diagnosis. We need to educate the healthcare system. Needs to start educating our physicians and our pediatricians and our teachers and our educators about the red flags and the early warning signs because we know research has shown us. But if we diagnose early, we can intervene and we can ultimately have a better chance of changing outcomes for kids. So as a healthcare system, we need to put these, these things in place, like red flag systems and early warning sign systems, so that we can, we can make a difference in changing our, 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 you know, moving our needle forward so that we're diagnosing early, intervening early, and making a real difference in these kids' lives. Just a very quick question to both of you, and it does have to be quick. Frank, do you think we're making progress in influencing government? And I'm going to ask Jill the same question. Do you think we're making progress in effect in influencing government? First of all, Frank, what do you think, quickly? I think we're making some, um, some progress. We've made an enormous, pro- enormous program in the last th- uh, progress the last three or four years. Uh, some provinces have uh, taken up the challenge and are responding as aggressively as they possibly can. Others uh, are not making this a priority. We're going to do our very best to impress upon those governments that it is a top priority. Um, we know that 50% of the increase in incidence is probably a better diagnostics, uh, but the other 50%, we don't know why right. there's so much incidence of autism. So, yes, I think we're making progress, but there's a long way before we can say we're, we're winning the battle again. Against the ASD. Okay, Jill. Same question for you. Helping meet the challenges for family caregivers. Are we making progress? Um, I think we're trying. I don't. I don't know. We are making progress. Um, foundations like Autism Speaks Canada is 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 really pushing the government to make changes to to. Um, to put together strategic plans and, and hopefully as ASD becomes a stronger, stronger voice, 
um, we can continue to make those changes. Right now, I don't know, you know, like I said, I don't think we're doing what we need to do for the family caregivers. Um, you know, three out of ten kids will get therapy that they need in, in Ontario this year. So um, I, think that, I think that we have a long way to go. Right. Now, it is time to take the break once more. So this is Dr. Gordon Avey, and my guests are Frank Vitti and Jill Farber. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, the Powerade River. Please stay with us. We will be back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you struggling to find hope in the middle of adversity? How confident are you in dealing with your life challenges? Do you realize you have the ability to overcome your obstacles? You'll want to tune in to Louise Cohen's Changing Obstacles into New Possibilities. Louise will speak to inspiring guests who have helped others or managed to overcome the roadblocks that stood in the way of their life success. Louise Cohen's Changing Obstacles into New Possibilities broadcasts live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you have a child in your life with autism, there may be a lot of questions that you need answered. What if your child has recently been diagnosed? Or maybe you have a question about treatment that your child is currently undergoing. For answers to these and more, tune into Autism Spectrum Radio with Dr. Bill Freya. Our guests will include parents and experts to discuss current experiences, treatments, and breakthroughs for those living with autism. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. and Frank Vitti and Jill Farber. Our topic is Priorities for Autism Speaks Canada and Autism. Now let's talk about priorities for dealing with the challenges brought by autism for children, adults living with it, and for their family caregivers. So Frank, what do you see as the priorities for the healthcare system in dealing with these challenges? And in particular, uh, what I'm driving at, when money's short, priorities are often important as a way of saying to people, look, some things may be more important than, than others. Frank, what do you see as the priorities then? Well, from a healthcare perspective, 
we know the evidence, the research we're generating, and the, and the knowledge that's coming out of the research. We need to drive early diagnosis for infants, for children. Uh, you know, we have that critical window between one years old and six years old, and not only do we have to do the diagnosis, we, we have to deliver effective individualized supports and therapies for those individuals, those children on the spectrum. Very, very critically important. Uh, everyone, I think, is universal from the autism community, the individuals on this, on, um, uh, on the spectrum would I think would agree, service providers would agree that would be the top priority. The treatment must be available uh, to all those individuals in need. You have individual families who are investing fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year, those that are fortunate enough to have those resources, to purchase the supports for their children because our health care system uh, isn't able to provide them in a timely fashion. So, you know, those, those, that issue remains a top priority. Um, you also have, um, from an adult perspective, I mean, as Jill has mentioned, autism simply doesn't go away. It's a, it's a lifelong challenge. And we have those residential, social, and vocational supports that we need to extend to youth and adults um, who are on the spectrum as well. So those I would classify as our top priorities. Right. Jill, your priorities. Your priorities for the healthcare system, helping with the challenges brought by autism for family caregivers of children and for adults living with the condition. Jill? Sure. I think we, the healthcare system needs to, their priority should be to assist the healthcare givers by, you know, the, the stages of this, I think. First off is public awareness. So we need to teach the general public about ASD and all stages of life, how ASD looks in all stages of life, not just little kids, not just young adults, but adults as well. Um, that way, family caregivers won't be sort of always be always having to explain themselves but if we if we put it out there in the public um, people will understand it more have more knowledge and less ignorance so I think that that's really really important um, secondly I think probably educating our teachers our ECE workers our SLPs our OTs and especially our pediatricians and our physicians about autism um, you know many months ago people used to talk about going into their um, their, you know, pedi pediatricians and uh, and saying, I'm worried he's not talking, so on and so forth, and, and, and you'd get the old tap on the head, don't worry, it'll come, everyone develops at, at different stages. But if we start to educate all of these people who see our kids at, at, at young stages for those early diagnoses and those red flag and the warning um, system, we'll get, we'll get a better handle on our diagnosis. Um, so I think education is a huge component to the priorities of the healthcare system. I also think the healthcare system needs to change their attitude about the diagnosis and, and understand how important this is. Um, we need to assist, healthcare system needs to assist the parent and caregiver on a medical stance. So we have um, Autism Speaks Canada has um, brought in two ATNs, which is Autism Treatment Network, which deals with the medical care of kids on the spectrum. Um, I'm talking about gastrointestinal and, and, and um, things like sleep disorder and so on. So the medical issues and the medical care. So we brought one to Edmonton and one to Toronto. We need to have networks all over the country to make sure that kids their medical um, care is being looked after. Um, we need to put our health care dollars towards our medical and clinical research. Again, going back to the research, the 
that focuses on, in on autism to understand what the missing pieces are and, and how can we um, better place treatment for each individual. Now, Frank, over to you. And this time the question is going to be the uh, same, but priorities of Autism Speaks Canada. Now, I have a way of asking this question. It's a little bit different. I'm going to say to you, Frank, you're relatively new to this job. If you were successful in what you're trying to do beyond your wildest expectations, Frank, what would you have achieved? Well, we would have positive impact for every individual who is on the spectrum, be it an infant, a young person, an adult. We would have had some positive change, facilitated some change in their life so they could have a meaningful, productive um, life in Canada. Um, it's, it's a long way to get there, but we think we can do it, from the medical to the psychosocial uh, to the housing to the vocational. We think we can facilitate the delivery of supports and services that will enable success for all those individuals who are on the spectrum. That's our ultimate uh, vision, our, our goals. Uh, we're having impact now. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're prioritizing and investing resources strategically. We will fully understand uh, the causes of, of uh, ASD. We will fully understand effective treatment. Uh, we will fully understand how to prevent, for example, uh, ASD. That we can say then we've achieved uh, our, our core, uh, core mission. Right. Very, very impressive. Now, I'll comment on Jill in, in a second. But, Jill, first of all, your question is, same thing, what are the priorities that you would like to see achieved by Autism Speaks Canada regarding the challenges brought by autism for the family caregivers uh, of children and adults? Your priorities, Jill? Sure, I think my priorities stand within the family services um, sort of bucket of, of, of Autism Speaks Canada, and my first ultimate um, uh, would be to have a national strategic plan to decrease the waiting list across the country, um, to start diagnosing early as 18 months, um, to help build a, as a national voice, as Autism Speaks becomes a national voice, um, I'd hope to build a national strategic plan to support young adults um, with increased um, support for independent assistant living and employment opportunity. Um, to continue to point, to continue to fund and grant and award um, community services that are working with kids in effective treatment right now. Um, something that I haven't touched on yet, but to increase and sort of Canadianize our online resources, which we have many, many, many of, and and resources that really do help um, family caregivers and as well as service providers. Um, toolkits and video glossaries, um, really explaining autism and educating people on autism. Um, uh, last being to help translate research knowledge um, online and in conference and in social groups and in parent communities and in outreach chapters um, and in all with all of our other great foundations out there, our partners, um, to join the research world and bring it together to the grassroots world and, and explain what's going on and, and, and make it reality for a lot of these kids. Those, those would be my top priorities. Um, yes, powerful, necessary, important. 
Um, now, I'm going to put to you both a question that really comes from a previous episode of Family Caregivers, where I was into interviewing uh, a, a man um, who'd been through a very serious um, mental health challenge. It wasn't autism, but it was something just as difficult. And I asked him at the end a question that I'm going to be asking you to at the end, which is, okay, what are the things that you would like to see done? But we'll come to that in a moment. Um, and I asked him what he would like to see done based on his experience. And he said he would like to see education about mental health and mental ill health uh, for school children. Frank, just quickly, what's your reaction to that? Do you think that's a good idea or do you not think that's a good idea? Frank? I think awareness is critically important in all, in all environments, educational, corporate environment, in our workplaces. We need to educate individuals around the challenges of autism, around the supports that are required. We need to educate politicians around the urgency of funding the essential services for folks on the, on the spectrum. Absolutely, awareness and education is critical. Our education system must continue to deliver uh, to the best of its ability the supports for those individuals who are on the spectrum. We have board, various boards across this country, some of them who are very supportive and who integrate uh, children on the spectrum into their schools and other boards who segregate and don't provide very much service. Uh, we have, uh, you know, boards that have issues around uh, allowing therapists into their schools and into their classrooms. Uh, I think with better awareness, better understanding of this medical uh, challenge, uh, I think only good things could come. Right. Jill, what do you think of that suggestion that school children should have education in mental illness and what it means? What do you think? I think it's of the utmost importance. Um, we support a program, a puppetry program, in fact, um, across the country in, in, in two different provinces um, from this granting um, session in 2012, which does exactly that. So through puppetry, through... Um, through this sort of child-friendly education program, we're teaching our kids how to be better friends to kids with autism, how to understand autism, how different autism looks in all different kids, and how autism grows up. So um, I think that if we don't start educating our kids, our school children, just like the man that you interviewed before about mental illness, if we don't start young, we're dealing with ignorance, and so we have to we have to educate our younger kids. As a parent, I want my children to understand the differences. People are different, and it's important to understand what the differences are, how we can be empathetic, and also how we can help and how we can be supportive and how we can be friends. So, you know, autism is a social, cognitive, neurological disorder, but ultimately it has social component to it, and our kids need to know how to be good friends, and through this puppetry program that Autism Speaks Family Services Community Grants funded, we're going into schools and boards all over the country to make sure that people understand and are educated about autism. Right. Now, we're going to go to the break. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Frank Vitti and Jill Farber. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We will be back. Find 
find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Voice America Network proudly presents the Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to the Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Frank Vitti and Jill Farber. Our topic is Priorities for Autism Speaks Canada and Autism. So now let's talk about ways to increase help in meeting the challenges created by autism. Frank, what do you want Autism Speaks Canada to do and to see done to increase help for children and adults living with autism? Well, we certainly call upon our decision makers and our provincial governments, our federal governments, to cobble together a national strategy to deal with and to support with those individuals on the spectrum, first and foremost. We will continue to fund the research so we can get some answers to all the questions that families have and adults on the spectrum have around these challenges. But we also call upon our corporate partners and our corporate community to do what they can from a philanthropic perspective to fund uh, the service providers and fund, continue to fund Autism Speaks Canada so that we can continue to do our work. Uh, we don't want to see any child left behind. We'd like to see all children in need, depending on their individualized needs, to have those needs addressed. You know, we, we want to see children grow up to be uh, fully uh, integrated in their communities and their schools and with their peers. 
We want meaningful lives for all adults uh, who have uh, ASD. We just want to see them have the vocational training that they need to succeed, to be meaningfully employed. Uh, there's examples in the U.S. and in Canada where individuals with the right training and the right social supports can have very, very successful careers um, in our workforce. So we'd like to see uh, as well those supports for the families, uh, for the caregivers who are dealing with the young kids and the adults. You know, you have many, many adults on the spectrum who are, who are getting a little older now and parent, their parents are, are aging. And there's real concern around do they have the right supports in place so that they can uh, continue to, to uh, live active and, and uh, meaningful lives. So right. those are some of the things that we'd like to see over the next little while from a macro and a micro perspective. And uh, we'll continue to advocate uh, for those priorities. Jill, same question. What do you want Autism Speaks Canada to, to do and to see done to increase help for family caregivers of children and adults living with autism? Jill? I think most importantly, um, uh, along what Frank was saying, we, we want to become a national voice um, for Canada. We, we want to bring um, the community together. We have such a strong grassroots Canadian community. We have walks all across this great country of ours um, where, where families, parents, adults with autism, friends, scientists, service providers, clinicians, they all come together. They raise funds for Autism Speak Canada and to support all of our um, initiatives. Um, so we want to give back to those people who come out to our walks. We also want to build our walks, but we want to, we want to support those people who build our walks as, as becoming a national voice um, for autism, to change government um, policy, to increase um, governmentally funded health care, and also, uh, most important, to increase the research being done and, and support our researchers and our clinicians to, uh, to finding the pieces to the missing puzzle. Now, Frank, back to you. What's your message for family caregivers caring for family members with autism's challenges? My, my most important message would be you must become a strong advocate for your child or for your family member. Uh, you must uh, be able to understand and navigate the maze uh, within their, their provincial system, but you must advocate for the needs and rights of your child or your, your family member. The other message would be hope. I have actually um, been to... Uh, Many centers where children have received uh, therapies and supports from the age of two to the age of five or six, and you see the enormous progress these kids have made uh, with the right supports and services and the right um, love and caring environment. So my message would be one of hope, that we must believe that we can help our kids to beat back this, this, uh, this challenge. And I'm absolutely certain that we will continue to generate positive results for those individuals on the spectrum and their families. And my final message to the caregivers would be, please, please get involved with our battle at Autism Speaks Canada. Please uh, get involved, support our movement as best you can from awareness generating to financial support because we know what we can, we, we know if we come together as a community across this country, we can con uh, conquer the autism spectrum disorder challenges. 
Thank you, Jill. Same, same thing. What's your message, your main, main message for family caregivers caring for family members living with autism's challenges? Jill? Well, I'm pretty consistent with uh, Frank. I think my message is of hope. I think that we've, you know, since I came into this field many um, years ago, um, we've made great progress. Um, the strength of this community working together is amazing. And, um, and we've learned a lot and we continue to build on our research and our clinical treatments and, um, and if we continue together um, with the idea of hope and the idea that we can find these missing pieces and, um, and, and stand together as one, again, national voice to make change, I think that, I think that we're making progress and, and with Autism Speaks Canada leading the way and, and, and putting out a very strong, consistent message, I think that we're going to we're going to help um, families and, and, and kids and adults and everyone living with ASD, everyone affected by ASD. Like Frank said, we need the support of the whole community and we need everyone to come together. Um, we're, always, um, we're always trying to get involved in all the communities across, uh, across the country and um, you know, looking to those who are underserved and making sure that we're supporting them. We are listening, and we're determined definitely to make a difference. I'd like to just respond back to you before we close on the broad message that you've both been providing, which is awareness, understanding, early diagnosis, and figuring out needs and challenges, and figuring out and developing methods for providing help for those needs and challenges. And what you have also said is that there's hope. Um, neither the children nor the family caregivers nor anybody else involved in this are to be disregarded or disrespected or disdained in any way. These are people who are facing severe struggles who, as you both emphasize, are making considerable sac sacrifices um, sacrifices that undermine their physical health, their psychological health, and all too often their financial health. health. And so in that sense, they're sub subsidizing the healthcare system. And you both talked about getting the message across, the voice, um, creating the public and the political awareness. And what that comes to is getting people to recognize that, first of all, this condition is a challenge. Uh, my once-upon-a-time profession of medicine doesn't have the complete cure, the answer, in the way that um, perhaps we thought in the past. It can be helpful, but the way in which it can be helpful should be uh, very strongly influenced by you, both your program, Autism Speaks on Canada, and all the people who are working in this field, making clear what the needs are, and also encouraging those who found things that are valuable to make those things understood to the wider autism community so they can share the successes and take pleasure and hope and also satisfaction from those things. So thank you both very much indeed, and I'm just going to say to you, Please carry on for the sake of all of us, because the work you're doing is wonderful. I want to say thank you also to our listeners.
We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear from you about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. In our next episode, we'll talk about, or at least our title will be, See Me, Not My Disease, See Me, Not My Disease, What Family Caregivers Should Know About Alzheimer's Disease Stigma. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being around. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 